welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM with myself, Kyle Teixeira. Sitting across from me is John Teixeira. Ooh. This week, we are going to be discussing the cost of vacancy. Now, if anything uh, we discussed today or any of these other podcasts uh, interest you, you'd like to give us a call, give us a call, 817-818-9039. Show, shoot us an email at showmethemoney show me at wertpm.com. Hit us up on Facebook. Do whatever, whatever your heart desires. Love it. Or Google, you know. But <laughs> You know, you can DM us. You yeah. can YouTube us. You can you can do all you can throw you can throw a pigeon in the air and Find a way send to it to two hundred two North Main Street. Yeah. There you go. Check us out in downtown Mansfield. Come say hello. There you go. Love it. But what is the cost of vacancy? What are we talking about here? So you know what I want to before we get into the actual cost of vacancy. You know how I feel about this, Kyle. I feel like this is literally the number one metric, the fun, number one financial metric that people need to be worrying about when, they, when they're thinking about their investments, right? And not just their long-term investments, but their short-term investments as well. It's the same thing, right? We handle that vacancy differently maybe with both types of, of properties, but there is nothing that costs them more. And it's ironic that Kyle, you and I talk to owners all the time, right? New owners, they call us and they interview us and they want to talk about, you know, naturally they want to talk about fees. They want to know what the cost of management is. Isn't it your experience that that's the most important thing on their mind when they're, when they're calling us and asking us, it's the level of service they're going to get and how much it's going to cost them. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's always what, but, but as we're going to show you and the reality is, that that should be that should be the thing that concerns you almost the least because having really really good management, whether it costs you a little bit more or not, is gonna, will will save you or cost you a lot of money. Yeah, I guess it's not that the cost isn't important to look at. It's that there's a big piece of the cost that is commonly overlooked, very commonly overlooked. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to talk about today, yep. uh, is because that vacancy figure. Um, it can eat at you. It could be the most expensive cost you have um, throughout mm-hmm. the life of your investment. We're not even just talking about at the front end. Uh, you know, every day counts. You know, we've talked about this in the past, but when you vacancy equals a daily loss in some some aspects. Um, it does. We're going to break that down. We're going to break down the numbers for everybody with using an example, but. Kyle, we broke this into three different kind of categories of what vacancy costs you, right? Yeah. yeah. So the first one is what? Just the cost of ownership, right? Cost of ownership. And let's clarify what we're talking about here with vacancy is, you know, these rental vacancies we're talking about, you know, you own it and there's nobody living in it <laughs> and there's nobody paying you rent on it. I'm glad you backed up because it could be, there could be a several scenarios. Maybe you just bought it. Yeah. Right. Maybe you're buying a fix and rent, not a fix and flip, but you're fixing it up you're to, it. to flipping it and doing the burr strategy. Right. Um, or maybe a tenant just moved out or maybe you kicked them out. Mm-hmm. Right. Like all of those scenarios are, are possible scenarios. And, they now, and now you've got a vacant house mm-hmm. and there is some degree of, <clears throat> work that needs to go into getting that ready for a new tenancy. So that could be, you know, I just need to clean it or it could be a complete remodel. Mm-hmm. 
depending on what that situation is. But irregardless of what that is and how much money you're putting into it to get it ready, the things we're going to talk about don't change, do they? No. The cost of ownership is still there. As as a principle, they definitely don't change. No. So what's the cost of ownership typically, Kyle? Uh, mortgage, taxes, interest, insurance, the uh, you know the monthly expenses that you're going to have on this property. Um, but in addition to the cost of ownership that you have, regardless, you also have the cost of residency. Essentially, you are now. It's a vacant property, but you have to keep the utilities on. You got to keep the electricity, water, uh, gas, in some cases, uh, on so that that property can be turned over properly, cleaned, uh, maintenance be done, and just a lot of general reasons you don't want your utilities to be off at a property. Um, those are now costs you're incurring. Where you know, instead of the tenant, instead of the tenant, yeah. you know, you know, essentially you're occupying it. You know, you're not occupying it, but you're responsible for the occupancy of it until somebody you get somebody else in there. Um, I'd still I'd consider that a cost of ownership. Well, so one more I'm thinking about, and that's uh, landscaping. Mm-hmm. Depending on the time of year and where you are in the country, you're going to have some landscaping. Now, if we turn something over in January, then we're probably only doing landscaping one time, right? Just to clean it up, get it, get it ready. But um, our growing seasons here in North Texas are basically March to November-ish, right? So um, outside of those, those months, you know, there's not a lot. But inside those months, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you what that could cost you. So we're looking at worst case scenario. Yeah, we're going to include landscaping in our example. Because in the best times of the years to have vacancy, you know, a lot of landlords want the their turnovers, to, their leases to end during the summer, their turnovers to be during the summer. Well, at least yeah. in our case in Texas, you, these extra costs we're talking about are significantly higher in the summer. Mm-hmm. The landscaping's higher. Electricity's higher due to AC running. Um, you know. There's... There's other holding costs or costs to ownership that that you could incur here also, right? With the that are kind of maybes, right? Pest control, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't know. There's just things that could come up while while the home is vacant that you have to pay for. Maybe you would have had to pay for it anyways, but but there's things that tenants take care of, take care of, blah, on a regular basis that um, you're you're gonna have to take care of to your point because you're going from a from a net positive cash flow hopefully to a net negative cash flow um for that vacancy period because you know your mortgage taxes insurance um you know these things that are reoccurring regardless that we mentioned are generally paid for by the tenant's rent payment and then you get a cash flow out of it well now you're paying for those without rent you have these extra costs and we haven't even got into what you're doing during the vacancy which is the make ready work yeah, so when I talk to people, Kyle, or when I ask them, when I talk to them and I use that term, you know, the cost of owning your home, the cost of ownership, um, the holding costs is what we typically, how we typically describe that. People immediately think about what we're talking about right now, right? Mm-hmm. They think about, okay, what is it costing me? And they probably don't go as in depth as we did just now. They don't realize what it's really costing them or they're not honest with themselves about what it's really costing them. But Kyle, I know you know the answer to this. What is it that is just as big, if not bigger, cost to this homeowner that they're not thinking about almost all the time? 
if very often they're not thinking about it. It's more of a soft cost, but it's a loss of, loss of revenue, loss yeah, of rent revenue. Absolutely. And how quickly that compounds with time, yeah. you know? Um, and we can break that down, but in a very simple manner, you know, is the longer you're not renting it out, the longer you're not collecting would be rent rent you would be collecting on those days so for example if you're renting it out at 50 dollars a day and it's empty you're now not getting 50 dollars a day <laughs> that's right so <laughs> and that's a loss and i mean you could i know that the accountants look at things as on a cash basis and on an accrual basis and that's kind of what we're doing here a little bit but the 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 reality is this is a loss to you. Here, here's the thing. Here's, it's a business, right? And when you buy a business, it has certain expenses, but you expect that business to generate income to pay the expenses and profit. That's the, that's the expectation and the reason for having a business. If somebody came in and said, Kyle, you need to shut down your business now, but you still have your expenses, and now you're no longer generating the income that you were generating from that business. You would look at both of those things, right? If you had somebody to turn to, to, um, to help you in that aspect, well, gosh, COVID is a good example of what just happened, right? Mm -hmm. If these, these restaurants that were forced to shut down when they were looking at, you know, getting help from the government, they were looking at, okay, this is what it's costing me to, to keep my business afloat while we're not operating. And here is what I would have gotten in revenue if I was still operating like normal before I was forced to shut down, mm -hmm. right? Any business that, whether they're forced or they need to shut down, any business that shuts down for a pure, small period of time, they are going to look at both of those things every time. Yeah, because you can't get that time back. You know, you know revenue, it's, it's all a time value proposition, and, and you'll, you cannot get that time back. So, yeah. you know, yeah. all you can do in both these scenarios, all you can do is look at it and, you know, use all in all your calculations make sure that you reduce that time loss you know the the vacancy period in this example um being smaller is definitely more important in mm -hmm. your example in states where lock, lockdowns were a couple weeks or very short months you had a lot less of those small businesses failing than the ones that you know were six months to a year and stuff like that uh, at least on a percentage basis just because of that fact you know you cannot it's hard to eat expenses without revenue for nine months versus one month you know it's a way bigger you know decision there so. i hate to beat up on the same state yeah. <laughs> but i was just in california and we did notice and make the make the um observation that there are sure are a lot of commercial spaces that are empty and vacant there retail spaces that would normally go to things like restaurants and service industries so mm -hmm. um Anyways, you know, so I want to talk about the ways that we reduce that vacancy, right? Yes. Because that's really important to us. But before we do that, it'd be kind of fun to go through this little, this little example we created, right? To mm -hmm. kind of really put some numbers to it. What do you think? Yeah, let's do that. Let me dive right. in. Um, so using the example of a $200,000 house, that's pretty moderate nowadays, right? Like... <laughs> I feel like most people, if you were going to go out and buy a rental property, a 322, 422 right now, you're probably spending more than 200. So this is 
somewhat conservative, you're probably spending more like, I don't know, 240 to 300 is probably the range you're going to be in. In the DFW. In, in our area. market. Yes, yeah. in our market. Sorry. Um, so to this example, let's break it all down. The cost of ownership is if you were to get a mortgage and put 20% down right now, your mortgage right now would be 1060 a month on that. That breaks out to $35 a day. I'm going to total all this up for you. Taxes would be about $467 a month at $16 a day. Insurance, $167 a month at $6 a day. Utilities, we talked about electricity, water, trash, sewer, and gas, if there's gas going to the home. I'm going to figure about $450 a month. That's an average over the course of the year, right? Mm -hmm. So you and I know... And most states are the same that during the summer and during the really cold months, it gets higher. And then during the spring and fall, it's lower. So 450 seems like a good average for this size home. That comes out to $15 a day. Landscaping costs $172 a month. Okay, it's $6 a day. So those are, those are the ones that we decided to look at as cost of ownership. So that's a total of $2,316 every month costing you $78 every single day. So I haven't even got into loss of revenue yet. I'm going to get into that. But I want people to recognize when you decide to do work yourself because you don't want to pay Joe Elliott tile laying company, whatever it is, to lay the tile and you're going to do it yourself and he would have done it in one day, but it takes you two weeks you just cost yourself 13 times $78 per day just in your cost of ownership. When we got into loss of revenue yet, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you got to look at, you know, if, if it takes me two weeks and it, they were going to do it in two days, then that's 12 days. Or in your example, 13 days that you just lost. You that's know, uh, that you're considering. $800, $900. Yeah. How much did you save by doing it yourself and... Not to mention the heartache on your knees. I couldn't even imagine. Well, and, and we can get into different, diff, uh, more, more detailed things. Like you knew they were going to take two days. You didn't. We didn't know you were going to take two weeks. We didn't know when to schedule pictures. We didn't know when to schedule <laughs> cleanings. We didn't start marketing it because we didn't have a for that sure is, deadline. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things that, that now you're talking about our pain points. Well, yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. But it all goes into how long does it take you to get from a tenant leaving that house, a pain tenant leaving that house to a new paying tenant entering it. Yep, exactly. Exactly. You're right. So let's finish this loss of revenue, Kyle. And there's another, another aspect to this. We didn't even talk about. We'll circle back to, we'll circle back to some marketing costs. Let's not forget to do that. But, but the loss of revenue, if I get $2,000 a month, again, I think that's pretty conservative. Mm -hmm. There's these particular homes that I'm getting even more than that on some of these. So it really depends on where it is and so forth. But I just went conservative $2,000 a month. That breaks out to $67 a day. So if you add those two up, you are, you are basically paying $4,316 a month and $145 each day to not have somebody in there. Mm -hmm. 
every single day. Every single day that you decide, I can wait one more day, you make a decision that costs you one, two, three, four more days, just multiply whatever that number is by 145. That's what you just cost yourself. Right? And that's, you know, Kyle, that's why I say. Well, in, some, in, in that simple example, people may ask, because you, you instantly might think, all right, well, you're... Your rent revenue number sixty seven was lower than your cost of ownership number, which was seventy six, seventy either way, it was lower. So it's like, all right, are you losing on a on a monthly basis? It's like, no, not while there's somebody in there because you're not paying for those landscaping utilities. Uh there's four hundred and fifty dollars in utilities we have in here that mm-hmm. tenant normally pays for. There's hundred and sixty seven dollars a month in landscaping, landscaping that the tenant normally pays for. So yes. You're good. That's a good point. And that's why people don't think in these terms and they don't really break out what it's costing them correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it almost break those into three, you know, if you really want to look at it. You yeah, know. yeah. So there's a third cost to this, and this is really kind of matters to somebody, I guess, differently, whether they're self-managing, having somebody manage or not. And it also matters... I guess, why is it vacant? What decision are you trying to make right now when you're considering this vacancy? But I wanted to throw it in here anyways, because it is a fact that when you have a vacancy, you are now going to have some marketing costs, right? So the, the, a marketing fee, um, most management companies will pay some or, or charge some kind of marketing fee to market the home for you. Um, there could be, um, uh, fees to other agents or premium site fees. If you do like what we do and you make sure that we're marketing the home to as many eyeballs as possible. So we pay premium fees to, to be on the sites, then that's going to cost you some money too. Now, not everybody's going to do all those things. I get it. And not everybody's concerned about these things. Some people are just going to put, you know, uh, a rent sign in the yard and, and hope and pray. But then again, back to our discussion art right now, if I put a rent sign in the yard and wait for somebody to call me, I will rent that. But instead of renting it in four days with eight good applications, I might have one or two applications to choose from. And it took me two weeks. Mm-hmm. Maybe that a lower is, price because they don't, they at possibly a lower price. And you miss time. You know, if you're self-managing, you takes you time to make those listings, right. take those calls, you know, put the effort into actually marketing and dealing with your own leasing process. And if you're also trying to, you know, repair the house yourself during that time period, add that in, uh, to the time that you need to do all of it. So, uh, what, what does, what does 10 days cost you at $145 a month, Kyle? I mean, a day. $145 a day, that's a hundred or $1,450 a month so, a or 10 days. That's a lot of money, isn't that's it? That's a lot of money. That's, that's, yeah. that's your mortgage payment. Yeah. And then some. That's your mortgage payment and most of your taxes. That you would like somebody to get back to paying for you. So, and then to keep this, you know, it sounds really detailed, but like if we say, say we're managing it, for example, if we get the property back, you know, pay a bunch of contractors, you know, to efficiently get all of the tasks done for a make ready and get all that done within, say, a week. Let's say a week. It usually doesn't take a week, but let's, let's just say a week. We get that all done in seven days and you spend six grand doing it. And that's what you, you know, the six grand hit is what 
It's what's hurting you. So you decide to now spend your own time in doing it yourself. Let's, let's because pretend I you don't value. I can grab a roller yeah. and I can paint. Let's let's pretend you accept your time's worth zero dollars an hour. Let's just accept that. <laughs> That's a different conversation, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, a whole it? different conversation. <laughs> but this takes you six weeks. So you took five extra weeks, right? Wow, that's costing you some money. Yeah. I need a calculator for that. <laughs> Steve, you got a calculator over there? I'm just kidding. 145, that's, that's, that's an enormous amount of money. 35 that's, is about... That's uh, 21 days, so let's do this. That's about three nine? grand, right? A little over three grand, 3,200 bucks? over three grand. It's 145 uh, times 35. Oh, uh, we went thirty-five. Yeah, five grand. Oh, uh, okay. Wow, that's over five thousand dollars. Yeah, my my so, mouth. Was... So you still spent two. It cost you five. So now your cost at the end of the day is seven, and and it would have been cheaper and easier. You would have done it for six at the beginning. We would have at yep, least in a week. Done. And you know what you did? You didn't do and, anything. And you won't have paint in your hair. Yeah, and you you get to keep your zero dollars an hour for time. Let's call it a hundred dollars an hour, and then we got a way bigger figure on our hands, but. Man, I hope I hope we're I hope we're hitting home with with whoever's thinking about doing this stuff. Like this is the most important thing that we talk about with our owners, our prospective owners, and people that. I mean, I get it. I understand that people sometimes people need to paint a room themselves at least one time to understand what it's like to even paint. Right? I get it. But man, the cost of you, the cost of this vacancy is killing you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the most important thing you should worry about. Even when it's lower. I mean, when, like say it was 2000, well, like, especially when you're talking about repairs that are lower than your, than your cost of ownership or just, just a loan, your cost of ownership or your mortgage payment that's going that's due in four weeks. Well, if you get this done in two or in, say one and get a paying tenant, getting you money before that, you don't have to pay that full bill in four weeks where in the example of six weeks you do. So right. that cost does come out of your pocket. Right. <laughs> Which in some people, you know, they end up going late, and then now they got late fees, and you know, a whole bunch of things pile up. So, so Kyle, to wrap this up, let's pat ourselves on the back a little bit because we, I think, like we do a really good job of this, right? We focus on it really well. It is the number one thing that we that we focus on for our homeowners, right? And we do that several ways, um, and. I think one of the biggest things we do is just staying on top of our inventory in terms of doing renewals in an extremely systematic and timely way, right? Giving our tenants 45 to 55 days to make decisions on renewals and and to do what they need to do, right? Being fair with those renewals and and being fair to both the homeowner and the tenant so that we have the best outcome. When you're more talking about avoiding vacancy. What, well, what, that's all part of it, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. It's, but when you have vacancy, it's, a, it's speed. Speed to action is the most important. Making sure we get estimates, making sure we have contractors that can give us timelines that get things done in a timely manner and, and, and know that this, you know, I, I don't want this scheduled two weeks out or we'll get somebody else or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, making sure that you have an efficient process is important. I mean, you can, and and it's probably one of the less, less options. That's <laughs> not a good way to put it. Um, Qu- questions I get less often is uh, about 
you know, what's your make ready timeline? What's your vacancy timeline? Not how quickly can you rent this property is what people always ask. It's yeah. not the right question not to right ask question. because how, uh, that question right. is assuming that if I handed you a fully ready, rent ready home and needed you to list it or whatever, how long would it take you? You know, that's so, not a turnover process. So what are we going to do? What, what are we going to do differently to make, to, to reduce our vacancy days? What are you talking about? We don't need to. <laughs> it wasn't a trick question. It wasn't a trick question. What do we do? We're so first, first we're gonna, of all, we're going to market the home as soon as we possibly can, right? Mm-hmm. So if we have a tenant in there, as soon as we get notice from a tenant, we go out and we do marketing inspections, right? Mm-hmm. So that we can so that we can determine whether the home is fit for marketing. And if it is, we immediately start marketing the home. We set that up when we wrote the lease with the tenant by telling the tenant up front that this is what we were going to do. Mm-hmm. Which is a very important part. And then you be prepared for whatever you need to be prepared for. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as already preemptively ordering the repairs, um, you know, there's a lot of things you can do. Some people think that you have to, tenants have to be out before you start repairs mm-hmm. and stuff. Well, especially if it's things they did, you start them as soon as they're, they're known. Um, I've got one right now that we uh, don't feel like is fit for presentation or showing. However, instead of just sitting around and not doing anything about it, we are getting estimates for mm-hmm. the work that we know is going to need to be done. And it, so by the time that tenant is out of there, because we're not going to be able to do this work while this tenant's in there, it's too extensive. But by the time they're out of there, we're already going to have it quoted, decisions made, authorized by our homeowner, ready to pull the trigger and go. Yeah. And then pictures done, all that's yep. scheduled automatically. Yep. So yep. something that could be, especially when you come, when all of these steps are being done at the same time is how you get this efficient vacancy period, you know, preparing for marketing, getting estimates, the work actually being done, uh, lease, leasing process being done all at the same time in parallel is how it gets done quickly where, uh, especially if you're self-managing, a lot of people will be inclined to do them in order, which takes a lot longer, you know. Do this and then you know, do that. You, and once, that. you wait yep. for the tenant to get out. Now you're going to go look at it. Now that you've looked right. at it and inspected it, you're going to get a bunch of quotes on, you right. know, the repairs. Some people will even try, all right, well, let me charge the tenant for these repairs and I'm going to wait for the money before I even start the repairs. And then, you know, that can right. really get into a big ladder, so... And then at the end of it, now you got pictures and you're leasing it. You're just now marketing it a whole month or so later. So, yeah. um. so I, I guess, Kyle, the, the, the thing that, that I see the most right now, the biggest thing that I, mistake I think people make and is the easiest mistake to make right now at this moment in time is not pricing a home correctly. So that's always a mistake. That's always a concern. But right now, as things are kind of, I don't want to say slowing, they're not reversing, but they're slowing, they're changing. Things are, are staying on the market longer when they're, when they're not priced correctly, okay? Mm-hmm. And I'm noticing when I do my comps every single month, something I never used to see. And I'm only noticing it in the past two to three months. And that is high days on market on certain properties and people having to drastically reduce because they got started way too high. They started way too high because they didn't analyze the, pro- the property 
in the price correctly. Started way too high. Now they're 83 days on the market. I saw one today, 83. I did a comp today for one of our renewals and, and out of the five comps, one of them was like 56 days and one of them was 83 days. I'm just looking, thinking, and these are professional property managers that did this. And I'm just like, man, I would fire these people. Like, do you, do the math, $145 a day times 83. I, I'm disappointed mm-hmm. if ours sit around for longer than, you know, two weeks, I'm disappointed. Yeah, and there's, the, there's other reasons that those those things can happen, but making sure you at least take the steps that need to be taken is important. Because you're, in a lot of cases, when you have inventory sitting on for that long, you're all, it, it, when it's a case of it's priced too high, you know, it's priced over the market, you're, you're really putting a net out there to get somebody desperate. You know, and that desperate person is probably going to spend the not next always year. The best person. Well, not always the best best person, but usually that desperation is not going to last f- till the next year. Right. And then now they're paying over market. They're going to see that you're probably setting yourself up for another vacancy period than in the following year. It's a great so, point. It's yeah, a really great point. And this all comes to how you make decisions and screening, choosing tenants, and and so forth. And well, and it can all be overwhelming. You know, there's a yeah. lot of factors that we're talking about here. And, tug and pull and why not just solve it this way well then this could happen like i just said you know um so one of the things i think people don't do enough is is just making adjustments they're afraid to make adjustments to the price you know they always say i can always come down i can never go up you know so they go up too high and then they don't adjust their price then they get stuck up there because they start thinking about the $2,400 they're going to make and they start planning for that and the thought of making less than that all of a sudden becomes painful to them because they already set that expectation in their brain where when we put stuff out on the market we do regular price drops if we don't have things if we don't have people coming through our homes and giving us great applicant applicants then we know the market is telling us that we have we have priced this home too high and we make immediate adjustments you can't be afraid to do that you have to do that cuz that $25 adjustment is going to save you days on the market which is costing you how much per day 145 145 bucks a day yeah and it's when people uh you know ignore the fact or don't decide based on the fact that the market sets the price yep it's it it's the only factor that exists the market sets the price if you want to go against the grain and think that you set the price or your tax increase sets the price or your mortgage (laughs) your refinance that you just did a 15 year higher you know, cost per month sets the price. None of that. No, it's the market sets the price. Um, and it's very important. Yep. Good point. Very good point. The good discussion, Kyle, I didn't even know that we were going to have this much to talk about vac- how much of the cost, cost of vacancy is, but <laughs> it is something that we probably don't talk about enough with uh, on this, you know, in, in this format. But man, we talk about it all the time with our clients. Well, in in, in one of the, it's harder to tell this to a client, but you know, when I'm talking externally, it's uh, especially with the price, like market sets the price. Um, is you're usually, especially if your property manager is telling you and you want a certain price, and they're telling you another thing, you're paying some somebody for advice and experience that you're not taking. At the end of the day, you're yeah. paying for something that you are also declining. Yeah, we have some clients like that, don't we? Oh, no. We don't. No, we don't. We have perfect clients. What are you talking about? We all have perfect clients. 
Uh, well, great discussion. Just everybody, there is a cost of vacancy. Know what it is. Like most of the things we talk about, don't ignore it. Analyze it. Yeah. So. Break it down. We just broke it down for you. You could use our model here of cost of ownership, mortgage, taxes, insurance, utilities, and landscaping. Add that to your loss of rent. That's your cost. That's your your total cost of your vacancy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, if you got any questions about the cost of vacancy, want us to calculate your cost of vacancy and reduce it or, or you know, just manage it and get it done for you, give us a call, 817-818-9039. Shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wertpm or come say hi in downtown Mansfield and see our smiling faces. That's right, yeah. 202 North Main Street. We, yeah. we, we Maybe like give it. us a call if you want to see our smiling no, faces. No, just come on in. <laughs> come on in and bother us and take up our time. We love it, don't we, Kyle? There we go. Yes, we do. All right, well, until next time, everybody, we are TPM and we are out. out.